us even now. You know, and, and you know, the other thing about them, they're, you know, they're the second longest living insect. You know, there's some beetle group that lives a little bit longer, but these guys live 17 years. Now, granted, most of it is underground. Um, uh, and then they come out for this six week, you know, in flame of, of glory and they become more numerous than the stars. But I think that's a great parallel to what we'll be looking at in God's plan in Romans 10, 11, 9, 10 and 11. You know, that, that God has this, this plan that is sort of underground to most of the world for a long time, even though he tells Israel what's going on. He tells his people and he's called them from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, you're going to be the people through whom I rescue the world. You know, through you, I'm going to have uh, the Messiah come. Through you, the, the anointed one of heaven is going to come and rescue the world from sin and death. And what's happening in Rome, in the church, in the day of Paul, is the cicadas have broken out. Jesus has come above ground. It's no longer underground, just this secret that he has told to Israel of who they're going to be. But now the whole world can hear of Jesus. And that's causing all kinds of trouble in the church in Rome. Because the Jews have been following the Hebrew Scriptures and now um, Jesus has uh, uh, come on the, the scene to say it's not just for Jews but also for Gentiles, for those that aren't Jews. And so now they're making up the church and it's causing all kinds of trouble and, illust- and, and, and disharmony um, among them. Um, now, um, the Israelites should have known this was coming. It was part of the plan. The, the prophets of the Hebrew Scriptures have told them this is what was going to happen. But even though they knew, even though it was going to happen, it, uh, it still caught them off guard. Just like the Sikhet. We knew they were coming. You know, you knew it was going to... But when they come, it's like, wow, this is a lot more than I was anticipating. This is very different than what I thought was going to happen. They, they should have known it. And they did, but still it surprised them. And for some of them, they, they said they would know, they would reject Jesus coming as the Messiah. Now, again, Jesus coming was good, just like the cicadas are good. You know, as they burrow through the ground, they, it really is a great for the soil because it aerates, it aerates the soil. Get, that oxygen gets in. And then when they die in about four to six weeks, it's going to be a fertilizer boost. Uh, to the soil as well as they decompose. So it's a good thing that Jesus comes. It's a good thing that they come, even though it might cause some uh, disharmony and uh, some problems within us. Even though we they knew it was coming, even though the Israelites knew it was coming, even though we know the cicadas are coming, when they show up, it, it still is shocking. The other thing about the cicadas is they're accessible to all. Everyone and anyone can get them. You can see them. You can hear them. You can touch them, even if you don't want to. Or you can even eat them. You know, if you want to, after here, UCC, first UCC is having a cicada feast. Cicada pizza, cicada chocolate-covered cicadas, and, and other delicacies. Two things, just if you decide to go. If you are allergic to shellfish, don't go. Somehow, cicadas are flying shrimp. 
or lobster. They're related. So if you have a shellfish, don't eat them. Uh, you'll probably be allergic to them. And the other, the, the tastiest, most tender are when they're exiting their exoskeleton. You know, when they come out and they break loose of the shell, you know, at that point, it's before their wings have hardened and stuff, that's when they're tastiest and tender. So, now you know. You, you have all you need to know for a cicada cuisine. But they are accessible to anyone and everyone at any time. And that's what Jesus does when he breaks on the scene. When, when he comes and, and causes salvation to come to all, then he becomes accessible to anyone and everyone at every time, just like the cicadas. Now, our uh, passage today will be a little harder to read as the words bleed together when they get wet. But I'll, uh, I'll read selected sections of our passage, uh, given our, our situations. But the righteousness based on faith says, Do not say in your heart, who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down, or who will descend into the abyss, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth, and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. There is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Just like the cicadas are present and near for anyone and everyone, so too is Jesus. So too is the rescue that he brings, the salvation that he brings. Everyone and anyone who calls on Jesus is rescued. As Paul says here, they're not put to shame. They're rescued from their own self-destruction. They're rescued from the judgment of God. Anyone and everyone that comes to Jesus doesn't just make it through. They don't just survive. They thrive. They are given the very riches of God, is what we're told. And Paul here, he's quoting all kinds of Old Testament passages. He's telling his audience then, this is what God's told you. This is what's going to happen from beginning to end. Righteousness is based on faith. Being right with God. That's what righteousness means. It comes to you because you trust that God will make you right with Him. You entrust your life to God, and God makes you right with Him forever. It's not because of their obedience to the law. It's not because of the good works that they have done, that it somehow earned salvation. It's not because of the religious work that they did that somehow purified them through the rituals. It's not because of their genealogical heritage that they're related to Abraham, Jacob, and to Isaac. It is because of their faith in God that they are entrusted. They've entrusted their lives to God and that is what makes them right with God forever. There, there is no nothing else that we do to make God love us more or less, to make us right with God. It is what Jesus has done to secure our forgiveness. His death, His life, His resurrection. 
we entrust our lives to Jesus. And then what, what, what flows from that, the obedience that flows from that, yes, that, that is part of what happens to us because we entrust our life to Jesus, but it's, it doesn't earn our salvation. It's because we are saved. It's because we have been rescued from our own sin. We have been forgiven. It's what God has done in us and through us that then motivates us to live a life for Him. But we entrust our life to Jesus as the leader of our lives. And in Jesus, we are rescued. And this, been, this has been God's plan from the beginning, and it is true now. As Paul says here, just like the cicadas are near to us, God is near to us. Now, the cicadas may not be as near with a little bit of rain, but that's not the case with God. Nothing separates us from Him. We're not far, we're never far from Him. And in the passage, he says, you know, you don't have to ascend to heaven or descend to hell. What he's saying is, you don't have to go search for God. You don't have to go look for Him. He is the one that is pursuing you. He is pursuing us. God is everywhere and anywhere. He is near to us. And there is no other qualification but trusting in Him, entrusting our lives to Him. There's no secrets to be uncovered. There's no puzzle to solve. There's no task to be completed. As Paul says here, you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. Then then you are in Christ Jesus. Nothing else. Nothing else do you do. And that I, I know that's hard to believe, isn't it? Don't you think there's got to be something you're supposed to do? There's something I've got to do to earn it. There's something I've got. No, Jesus has done it all. You entrust yourself to Him. And that, that's been God's plan all along. He is near. He's right here with you. He's right here with me. Anyone and everyone can trust in Him for all of your life. Life with God is made possible through Jesus today for anyone who simply says, I give you my life. I entrust my life to you. Now, some of you here or here listening or wherever you might be seeing, you're saying, all right, so Jesus makes it, he does everything. It's not about human accomplishment. It's about what Jesus has done. So now what, then I need to trust him, but I don't know him. And before I entrust my life to somebody, I've got to know him. I've got to know that they're trustworthy. Great question. That's a, a great question because that's exactly what Paul addresses with his next point. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. So if you're saying, yeah, I, I, I don't, before I trust Jesus, I got to know him. Great question. Jesus expects you to do, Jesus even says in other places, he says, you know, you got to count the cost before you really give your life to me, get to know me. 
And then, once you get to know me, you will follow me. And, and how do you find out about Jesus? By hearing about him from others. I mean, that's what we're doing right here. Like right now. God's plan is to make himself known, to make Jesus known through his people. God sends those of us who know Jesus out to, to be a witness, to tell others the best we know, the Jesus we know, and how to tell them to others. Now, I think it's a fascinating passage here. Uh, Paul goes through this backwards linear progression. He goes, and, and he says, how is someone going to, to call on the Lord? Well, they can't call on him unless they believe in him. They can't believe in him unless they hear. They can't hear unless someone tells them. And nobody's going to tell them unless they are sent. Yeah, so, so forwards, it's like God's the one who calls people and sends them out to tell them about Jesus so that others might hear. So as they hear, they might believe. And when they believe, they might call on Jesus also and be rescued and, and have life with God forever. God sends people to proclaim the message of Jesus to those who haven't heard so that they will believe enough to call upon him as well and be saved. That's what the prophets did with Israel. That they, they told them this was God's plan, this is God's love for you, this is what God is doing for you. It's what Paul was doing to, to the Romans in that day and it's what the church is supposed to do today. That's why the church exists. To be a collection of people who have entrusted their lives to Jesus, who are in a, a journey of relationship with Him, walking with Him, and, and where Jesus is taught, where He's proclaimed, where He's lived, where He's loved, uh, where He's pursued, where He's talked about in all of life, and then lived for others to then experience. That's what God was doing with Israel. That's why He called Abraham. He told him, you, I'm blessing you so you'll be a blessing to the world. That was why Israel was then formed as a nation to be a blessing of the world. That's why, and Jesus came and now the, the church as a whole is, has been called in order to be a blessing to the world so that others might come and know Him. So, for, for those of you that ask that question, I, I don't know Jesus, so I'm not going to trust Him unless I, I don't know Him. Again, that makes sense to me. And it made sense to Jesus as well. But I got some options for you to consider. One, we have an alpha um, uh, event, an alpha ministry. And it's a great way. It's a 10, 13 week small group setting where, you know, no holes are barred. You know, well, be nice to one another. I mean, respect one another. But other than that, I mean, ask the tough questions, you know, get real with one another, explore what Jesus is. And you can jump into, I, I tell people, it's, it's the time you, you can cuss. You can be real. You can ask those kind of questions in that setting. Again, you know, be nice, respect others. But, be real. That, that's what that's about. You know, one of the hardest things sometimes about church life is it's the least real that we are. You know, but in this setting, man, those things, those things come down. It's to, so that folks can really engage with God really. Now, <clears throat> you don't have to go to Alpha. If, if you want to go to Alpha, you just go to chpc.org slash Alpha. It's the initials for College Hill Presbyterian Church. chpc.org slash alpha a l p h a you can find out uh, about uh, alpha there or you can just send an email to info at chpc.org and just say you want to talk about jesus one of us will get up with you or or better yet if you're you got friends that say they're followers of jesus go talk to them say i you know i'm interested in jesus i i maybe i want to trust i don't know what do you know about him 
You know, you, you got friends with you, then go ask them as well. But don't neglect exploring what it means, who Jesus is. Because for me, I have found He is the way and the truth and the life from the depth of my being to everything that I do. So I invite you, encourage you, check Him out. Now, others of us here, um, probably the majority of the folks that are hearing this, you, you've heard this and you trust in Jesus. He is the leader of your life. That means you're now a sent one. He has made himself real to you so that you now can tell others what it means. The reason you're growing in relationship with him is not only so that you'll be blessed, so that you'll be a blessing to others, so that you can share with others. This is how Jesus impacts my life. And so you're sent wherever you are, in your home, in your neighborhood, at work, at the bar, at the club, on the dance floor, on the stage, on the field, in the playground, in the school. When you graduate and you're sent to other places, you're sent with a purpose, not only to learn and grow, but also to share with others. That is what God has been doing since the beginning of times. And for those of us that are a part here, man, we even got ways that you can participate in sharing that with others. I mean, like Alpha, just that we have, Alpha doesn't just run itself. It's us. It's, we, we do that with others. And you want to participate in that? Come on. You want to participate in, in the outreach events to, to our community. You want to participate in children's ministry where we're engaging with our children about what it means to not only know Jesus, to trust Him, but those that do trust Him, how they are sent as well. And, and with the youth also. So if you want to participate in outreach events or Alpha, you know, talk to Daryl. You know, you know, participate in children's events and engaging with children, not only to, to trust, but also to realize they're sent. Talk with Jennifer. You, you, you want to do that with, with teenagers and with, with youth, then, then, you know, talk with Samuel. We, we set up ways that are just natural ways for all of us to do what God's blessed us to do. So, uh, you know, go and, and do that. But you don't even have to do that in those. You can do that in the places wherever you are, wherever God has you. Uh, and, and not only that, just uh, we participate as a church. You know, it's like Sunlight Power. There's 20 other uh, groups that are around the world that are taking part in, in being sent to, to share with others the love of Jesus. And as a church, we connect with them financially, prayerfully, in other ways. So we are avidly working in that way. So any of those ways are ways for you. But here's the key thing. Recognize, if you're a part of that, it's not to carry out a program. It's not to fulfill some budget. You are a part of what God has been planning since the beginning of time. To be sent to share the love of Jesus with others that He is near. He is nearer than the cicadas we're hearing now. That's what we're a part of. Not carrying out a program, but well, we're carrying out God's plan. And we get to be a part of it. Now, it's also... But maybe, maybe today, for someone here, that Jesus has been tugging on your heart. He's been tugging on your soul. And you're ready to trust Him. You're ready to do what Paul says here, to confess with your mouth what you believe in your heart. And if that's the case, don't wait around. I mean, you can come up here right now. You can interrupt me. I'm fine with that. Don't worry. I'm going to say what I want to say. <laughs> uh, we'll wait. 
But you, you can interrupt me now and that's fine. We'll chat and we'll give you a chance to confess before the world in this moment. If you don't want to do that, you can come up and talk to me or you can talk to anybody that I just listened with, with Daryl or Jennifer or Samuel or, or, or better yet, the, the friend that you know that follows Jesus. You can share with them. Hey, I, I'm ready to entrust my life to Jesus. I'm ready for Him to be the leader of my life. That's what it means when Paul says, confess Him as Lord. You know, we don't have lords in our day. It means leader. He's the leader. He's the one that I'm going to follow. And it's important to recognize what Paul said that, that when he said, uh, you, you, all you need to confess Him with your mouth, what you believe in your heart. Now, he's not saying these are magic words. Okay? Don't... Don't think you got to take that literally. I've got to say these exact words. Because what Paul said was either in Hebrew or Aramaic. It's written in Greek. You know, so you don't have to say it in those languages. You don't have to say it in English. What's more important is that you give expression externally to that seed of faith in your soul. That's, but but what's important to recognize is that following Jesus is not just a private thing. It's not just internal. It is internal and external. It is personal and public. It is about who you are wherever you are. And when you believe, when you believe, then you become one of the sent ones to now share with others. Now, you might be asking, well, how much do I have to believe? What does that mean to believe? You know, do I have to have a lot of faith or a little faith? Well, you know, Paul doesn't get into it, but another setting, Jesus says, you know, you just need the, uh, the faith of a mustard seed, which is a little bitty seed. It's a little bitty seed. That's all that you need. And then that, that seed will grow into something bigger and greater. But you don't, you don't have to have it all figured out. Uh, a colleague of mine says, the best you know of yourself, with the best you know of yourself, except the best you know of Jesus. You don't have to have the theology all I's dotted and T's crossed. It's just, this is what I know of Jesus, what I know of me, and I think I need Him. Take a step. You know, like this this platform here. It's a good illustration of faith. This was just built this week. You know, and I'm like, okay, Daryl calls, we're going to build a platform. All right, well, I know I know Daryl, his construction is good, so I'm trusting of that. But uh, so I'll come out, let me look at, uh, let me watch the band. Cedric will get on there. And Cedric gets on there, then uh, it's okay, you know, alright? So he's up there, and he's singing, well then, then, alright, yeah, I can, I can get on there, and it feels good, yeah, it feels alright, you know, and then you get, step on the, the edges, cause I can see it right there. I can't see what's in the middle right there, it could be a trap. I know Daryl, that could be a trap. Uh, yeah, I gotta see, is there, a, you know, and oh, it feels good, you know, then, all right, well then I can jump up and down a little bit. You know, start to dance and twirl around. I'm free here, but it takes a little bit of a journey. But what's key? What's key is not the amount of my faith. It really doesn't matter. Just a mustard seed, just a little bit. A little bit to come check it out. Kick it. Try it out. That's just a little bit. What matters, how good is this built? Because I can have all the faith in the world. And if this is made of paper, I'm going to step on it and jump and it's going to crash. Even though I believe wholeheartedly it's going to hold me. What's important is the object of my faith. What's important is not my faith, 
but the faithfulness of God. Because I'm not trusting in me. I'm trusting in Jesus. And that's what Paul wants to say at the end. At the end, he says, I ask, have they not heard? Indeed they have, for their voice has gone out to all the earth and their words to the ends of the world. But I ask, did Israel not understand? First, Moses says, I'll make you jealous of those who are not a nation. With a foolish nation, I will make you angry. Then Isaiah, so bold as to say, I've been found by those who did not seek me. I've shown myself to those who did not ask for me. But of Israel, he says, all day long I've held out my hands to the dis- a disobedient and contrary people. Ultimately, what we celebrate is not our faith, but God's faithfulness. See, what, what you hear here, again, quotes from the, the, the Hebrew scripture of, of, God, of Paul saying, this is, this is about being trusting God's faithfulness. God was faithful to the Gentiles. He pursued the Gentiles. He did what he said, that he is pursuing his creation to come and to know him, that he will make a way for anyone to come to him, and he has done that. That's why in verse 20, it says, I've been found by those who did not seek me. I've shown myself to those who did not ask for me. The Gentiles were those that were out there, weren't even interested in God, and yet, God is interested in them and pursuing them. He made himself found. It's not that I found it, it's that God found me. God made himself found by those who really weren't even looking for him. That's how much God pursues us. That's the faithfulness of God. And he's faithful to Israel, to the Jews. So again, to the church in Rome. It had Gentiles and Jews. He's faithful to both of y'all. Y'all Gentiles are pagans. Y'all are out there pursuing Zeus instead of Yahweh. But God found, was found by you through Jesus. And then into the Jews, he's saying, and God has been faithful to you, even though, verse 20, or verse 21, all day long, I've held out my hands to a disobedient and contrary people. God is faithful to Israel that his hands are held out even though they are contrary, even though they've been dissing God, even though they, they are, they've been disobedient to God, even though they're contrary to God, God's hands are still out. God is still faithful to you and me, whether we're out flitting around doing our own thing like the Gentiles, or whether we're just direct disobedient to a God we know exists. God is faithful. And that's what we entrust our lives to. The faithfulness of God. God is near. God is nearer than the cicadas that we hear even now. That come every, and He's more faithful than the cicadas that come every 17 years. Faithful to us even when we wander for Him or when we directly disobey and disregard Him. Just like he was with Israel, just like he was with the Gentiles. God is faithful. A right relationship with God, living with God today, is accessible to you right now. To anyone and to everyone. Jesus has made that so. It is a gift from God to walk with him, simply to entrust your lives to him, anyone at any time. Many of you um, know Jerry Kirk, who's a pastor emeritus uh, here. He was a pastor here for a long time. Much, much beloved. Great, great guy and a wonderful mentor, wonderful uh, just follower of Jesus. And we just celebrated his 90th birthday. 
But if you've heard Jerry preach twice, you've at least heard the cardinal story once. Uh, and that for him, the bird, the cardinals, when it, whenever it flies by, that's a trigger for him. Just of the, the glory of God and the presence of God's Holy Spirit in his life. He just had experience with the cardinals that, that always was a sign to him, a reminder of God's faithfulness. Well, in the next four weeks, we got obvious signs all around us. You, you can't get from hearing them or seeing them. My my challenge to you is to make the cicadas of 2021 a reminder to you of just how ubiquitous, how omnipresent is the the love of God. As you hear them call, as you see them fly, know they represent something even greater than themselves, the faithfulness of God that refuses to give up on you or me or any of His creation. Let them be a trigger for you of the faithfulness, the patience, the the never-ending hound of heaven who pursues you and me. Let's pray. Gracious God, we do thank you for uh, this day. We thank you for your uh, provision. Uh, We thank you um, for the many ways that you show us your goodness. And we offer ourselves to you in in this this moment. uh, That renewing uh, again our simple trust in you. That you, like this platform, more than this platform, are trustworthy. And entrusting our lives to you is the the wisest thing we can do. Thank you, Lord, that you forgive us in ways that we go our own way. Ways that we neglect to follow you. Uh, Thank you, Lord, that you have even called us to, to now be carriers of this good news to others. To be sent to others and to the world around us. Empower us to do that. Give us your your strength. And as we come in this this moment... Um, to uh, gather around the table. We ask that you would feed us, strengthen us. In in the same way that the, the bread and the cup nourish our bodies, may your Holy Spirit nourish our very soul. Deepen our faith, our trust in you. Help us not only just to test out the platform, not only to walk on it, but even to dance on it, to, to jump up and down to trust you more fully with our lives so that we will even be greater witness to your glory. We'll bring you pleasure and be a greater witness to you in the world. Thank you that you indeed are faithful. And make these next several weeks as we hear this sound, as we see these um, insects fly around, may they be a reminder to us of your faithfulness and your plan and just how present you are with anyone and everyone. That indeed you have found us. We didn't have to find you. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.